Hey, welcome back to A Bay Bay Baseball. This hey, is Bay Bay. Proda and- hey, hey, everybody. This is Tyler Hall. This is Bay Bay Baseball, your one stop shop for Bay Area baseball. What's happening? It has been a long off season. Yes, it has. I mean, so, I mean, uh, you know, we're starting our, our second season, if you will. We, we picked a great season to start off with the pandemic and everything. But uh, <laughs> any, anyone new to the cast, uh, Clay is repping the East Bay for the most part. He's the A's fan of uh, the cast. And uh, me, that would be Tyler, uh, the Giants uh, for, for the smart crowd here in the Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rich crab, the fun crab, whatever. I grew up going to Candlestick on Dollar Dollar Sundays. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's true. That's true. That, uh, shout out to the, all the old Giants fans, and shout out to the the A's fans that have been longer A's fans than I have. Um, I jumped on this team, you know, a couple years ago, and uh, I I got tired of being a Mariners fan. I've enjoyed the AL West um, from the bottom for too long, and now I'd like to see it from the top um see the a's uh try and make it this year so anyway uh hey pitchers and catchers are reporting at least you know everybody's kind of starting to show up today it's uh tuesday it's a couple days after valentine's day yeah officially everyone should i think both teams officially all pitchers and catchers are uh, reporting by tomorrow uh, most of the guys are already down there in arizona so i mean we we made it through the off season clay congratulations yeah, the offseason and the dry hump of the year, just a, a, a bad baseball season. Um, the Dodgers have oh, well, an yeah, next yeah. to their name. The, the, the Astros, bad season's enough. Bad season's you know, enough. The, the, you know, this season is, is almost great for us because we get all the games. We, we get enough games, you know, even if they go 150, you know, that we get as many games as we need to get to, to kind of prove a point. And we have some, some enemies now. We got the – on our side, on the A's, we got the Astros, and now you got to take down the Dodgers. You know, get a shot of the Dodgers uh, that this was a fluke season for them. The Dodgers are everyone's enemy. <laughs> I, I, I agree with that, and the Astros are too. So, you know, what a great year just to enjoy Bay Bay baseball. We hope that if you're a new fan, you're listening to the cast, or that you, uh, you kind of follow Tyler and I through this year, um, we're going to be coming at you with some new stuff every week. We're hoping to have some new content every week. We're going to do a prediction. Um, we like to bet on non-money stuff, uh, you know, a.k.a. you have to wear the opposite team's jersey. Uh, you know, maybe we'll end up owing a beer or a bottle of wine or, you know, um, I'm not betting babysitting nights because I hate kids. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had a kid this uh, last year, um, so Hunter, Hunter's doing really well, it sounds like. Yeah, he's, uh, he's grown. He's already been on MLB Network, uh, if you follow me on the Twitters. Uh he made it on MLB. He had a, a onesie that says, uh, I, I just got here and I already hate the Dodgers. Uh, MLB never, Network caught wind of it. So uh, Matt, Matt Vaskersian got to talk about it on uh, on the network. So uh, it'll be fun to show him that in a few years. So, yeah, he's already got the Dodger hate in his blood. He's already bleeding orange. And, <laughs> You're uh, never too young. With a name like Hunter, uh, you kind of have to be a, a Giants fan. So, That's But, uh, yeah, so, you know, ho- looking forward to the season. Hopefully you guys join us along the way. Uh, but to have a season, you have to have a team. Uh, Clay, what the uh, A's do this offseason that, uh, well, 
whether you like it or not. Uh, what what do they do? What's the the squad looking like? Well, it was rocky. I mean, obviously, right at the beginning of the season, um, if you if you were paying attention at all, it was a little scary um, going into it because I think a lot of A's fans knew we were going to lose uh, a Marcus Semien and B Liam Hendricks. These weren't surprises, um, but. The, it, it can be tough knowing that Marcus Semyon, who, I mean, he went to Cal. He's just this East Bay guy. He's uh, it, really well-respected in the area. Um, and he always uh, just shown himself as the leader of the team. And to, to know that you're going to lose that, I think, is really tough. And a lot of that anger this year, of course, just got directed at the owner, John Fisher. Um, he He's notoriously unable to comment um, on anything that his general manager does because David Forrest, I would say has done a great job at trying to run this organization as cheap as he has. You know, if you're, if you're mad about anything, don't get mad at David Caval and don't get mad at David Forrest. And, you know, John Fisher may not, you know, he just may not know what he's doing and uh, unfortunately unable to commit the money uh, to, to make this team, you know, uh, or at least to go, at least make an offer for Marcus Semyon, you know, that could have come out of the bottom of, you know, John Fisher's wallet to say like, you know what, let's keep this guy on 18 mil one year. We're going to do it because the fans love him. We all have Semyon t-shirts. You know, everybody's got, you know, the, the take home tee that you either went to the game with, or you just re- remember him from playing for Cal or, you know, just, it's kind of unfortunate to see the, the team kind of take those turns. That being said, it wasn't a total loss. Um, we, the, the trade this year, at least the most recent one was with the Texans, <laughs> Texas, <laughs> the Texas Rangers, <laughs> the Texas Texans, uh, the Texas Rangers, uh, they spent all that money on a new facility and now they have $16 million worth of crushed it. Uh, Chris Davis, my phone always wants to call him Khrushchev Davis, which would have been a crazy cool nickname, but crush Davis. <laughs> He's gonna go to he's gonna go to the Rangers and he's gonna he's taking his two forty seven out east <laughs> and he's I you know I hope he does it I don't think that the Rangers would be a threat even with uh, Katie hitting at two forty seven but uh, I wish him all the luck in the world he just didn't have after playing against the Pirates a couple years ago twenty nineteen he ran against the wall playing outfield I, it just shows the A's like what were you why you know the only one of the few times you wonder what what they're doing on the A's is like, why did you put Chris Davis in the outfield? Or were you that low on yeah, I remember, I remember going to a game with you a couple of years ago and uh, they had him out and left for a few innings at the end of the game. And we were just like, Oh man, like this could be interesting. Like, what are you doing? And he went, you know, that's the thing is Chris, Chris Davis goes for it every time he ran against that wall. He hit it really hard. And just like he swings at the plate, he always goes for the fences. So I don't see this as this huge loss. He took him. going for the fences a little too literally. Just a little too, too much mustard on it. If anything, Chris Davis tries too hard. I'm, I, I mean, really... I, I like that trade for the A's. I, when I saw it, I was like, you know, I'd make that trade at least nine times out of ten probably. Hope uh, hope Elvis has a, a bounce back. He kind of fills the hole that uh, that Semyon exactly. created. And, that you know, you can DH anybody. You can't put anyone at shortstop. Just anybody, I mean. So, you know, you have a, a – proven veteran it's kind of interesting that they went interdivision uh you know especially from the rangers you know andrus has been there for over a decade he's kind of the face of their franchise and to trade him in the division it's going to be uh tough for a lot of those rangers fans to see him in another uniform almost 20 times a year but yeah i thought that was a a great deal for the a's i think uh, it was a smart move and uh 
yeah. hopefully it pans out for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I you know, I think, I, I think you're right. It obviously will, and that's that's the way the A's are playing it this year. Is they're they're mixing old guys and young guys. They can't afford the middle range. You got to keep Olsen. You got to keep the pitchers that are doing well, and you got to you know you got to keep Chapman. And so to <laughs> you, your range of affordability um, is is either these guys that are 35 plus or these new guys that haven't quite had a chance to show themselves and then you'll trade them next year. Cause they'll, they'll make their point. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, any other moves you want to talk about that the A's made? Uh, yeah, I would just say that, you know, there was a quick trade with the Dodgers that they did, um, which, you know, I think they, I, I hope they're pulling this money for something. They ended up, you know, they're, they're walking away with 13 mil extra from this Elvis Andres trade. And I hope that this trade with the Dodgers really, you know, hopefully meant something to them. I went through a couple of different teams, but they ended up with uh, uh, Dylan Thomas and uh, uh, who was who came? Uh, was it um, Kalerik? Kalerik, lefty, lefty, because of course we just need lefties because we are addicted to it. Um, but I think that's uh, you know, listening to Scott Emerson on a podcast today on A's Plus. Uh, he's, he's a little brutally honest about it is he knows that he needs to keep his batter or his pitching rotation really varied. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of heat. I mean, one of the only players that brings the heat is Frankie Montes. And, you know, they acknowledge that he, he throws a 98 mile per hour fastball. He had a lot of control uh, a couple years ago and now, you know, he trailed off. We saw that in 2020, we saw it in 2019, unfortunately with the PED deal. And I think that a lot of people realize that Frankie Montes needs to believe in himself. Um, so I was, I'm starting to bleed into the pitchers here. Um, but, uh, you know, no, no more big additions other than Caleric as far as a lefty. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, you guys recently acquired Sergio Romo. Oh, uh, yes. That's the, that's who we should talk about. Is Sergio that Romo. is, I, I like that addition. I mean, anyone who knows me really well knows Sergio is one of my favorite giants of my lifetime. Uh, been told I have I give off some Sergio Romo vibes from time to time, uh, and you know I think I think it's a great a great addition for the for the A's. Uh, glad to see Sergio back in the Bay for sure. But uh, you know he's uh you can kind of show the young kids what it's like to be a be a professional uh, still and maybe not take yourself too seriously. Have fun with it still, and I mean he's he's got three World Series rings. He's been to the playoffs a few other times since he left the Giants. So it kind of brings that pedigree to the A's. Uh, and I think, you know. Well, him and, bring... him and Petit. I mean, both of them have World Series yeah. experience. And I think the A's know that. That's why they, that's why they have those. Yeah. Having Chris guys Bassett, like that isn't going to hurt. That's Chris Bassett's throwing partner is, uh, is Petit. He was super stoked that they, they re-signed him. And um, just following those guys on Twitter. It sounds, it sounds like, you know, there's excitement and fun in the clubhouse. That's, that's what we're hoping to walk away yeah. with. So over here, more fun guys. More fun guys. Uh, so over here, uh, you know, in uh, in San Francisco, the the Giants uh, probably their biggest move was signing a guy. I know you hoped the A's would re-sign Tommy La Stella. Uh, Stella. Gave Stella. They gave him a three-year deal. I believe that's the longest contract Farhan's given out as a uh, while running the Giants. You know, he's a kind of a utility guy. You can kind of plug him, meaning he can kind of go anywhere, mostly in the infield. But you know, he can move him around a little bit. I know uh, Farhan's big on, you know, just getting the ball in play. I know he doesn't strike out a whole lot. He's good at, you know, he's going to make the defense work to get him out, uh, which uh, so many guys right now 
swing hard and either you know the, the that three great, that was his greatest contribution on the A's in the playoffs last year was he was he was on big and when we when you did see people complete you know and get home well Stell's well, Stell's your guy I mean he he can yeah. get there he, he he watches those balls so closely and I call him he's he's so stone faced he just you don't don't even see him flinch he just he leans into the every single pitch I love it. Yeah, so, I mean, wish they had. I mean, really, I'm looking forward to it. As you know, a lot of guys right now they do the they have the three outcomes approach. They're either going to hit a bomb, strike out, or walk. And uh, you know, it's good to have you know some guys years. that'll three years of him. Three years of him. Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, trying to shore up the the rotation a little bit, uh, which I'll talk a little bit again uh, on one of our topics later. But they signed Alex Wood and uh, Anthony Escalfini to to take rotation spots they also re-signed kevin gossman so you know them uh you know kind of kind of brings it up uh wood's the lone lefty right now so it'll be interesting and then uh the beginning of the offseason too one of the the holes that a lot of people thought the giants had to fill was another left-handed outfielder they uh filled that need by trading for lamont wade jr with the twins um they traded sean anderson over there and to be honest i'd never heard of lamont wade jr until the giants traded for him so you know it sounds <laughs> like he's gonna be mostly a platoon defensive guy uh, if he's even on the the active roster but uh hey in farhan we trust um will and i'll talk about that probably a little bit more a little bit later too but uh you know i'm uh i'm buying what farhan's selling so if he's a lamont wade jr fan then so am i Gosh, I wish I were on the fence about my owner. So, yeah. So, you know, we've talked about what they've done. You see anything anywhere that are there, is there any spots they are still looking to fill any positions that you kind of hope they kind of improve on from some of those guys still out there. That's the cool part about this trade. I think um, where Elvis Saunders really fits in with the A's and being that veteran that comes in and hopefully has his, has his good year is I think what it does free up and getting rid of KD is the last thing you need to fill is your DH. And I don't want to call them, you know, it's not a dime a dozen, but your options are pretty vast. And, uh, you know, second base and, and shortstop, we were a little worried about. I mean, it's great that Elvis Andrews and Matt Chapman, I think, are going to fill that um, side of the field very nicely. But second base, Tony Kemp and uh, Machine are going to have to – they're both going to, I guess, have to kind of prove their worth. I feel like Tony Kemp's just got um, the either, both the recognition and the time on the field. He's not perfect, but he fills that gap pretty nicely. But, uh, I mean, I almost just prefer Pender and Machine. You know, I'd like Machine to do better. That's that's the wish, right, is that the male Machine – becomes that guy that you you hope that the A's, you know, that he was a top prospect. They thought that he was going to do really well. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the outfield. Uh, Grossman headed over to the Tigers. That's a big loss for me. Uh, I really like Robbie Grossman. Um, he's He was the guy, he, him and Mark Canna are kind of the guys that when Olsen and Chapman were sluggish, they would step it up. And that's, you know, just a big part of the A's um, is, is those guys that, they're they're the underdogs in, in that kind of way is that these guys that are kind of sleepers and on, on random games will do really well. I think Mark Canna, um, I'm hoping Tony Kemp fills that role and you really hope Machine fills that role. But Pinder and Canna are those guys, those utility players. You put them anywhere, they can do anything. Um, 
And then, uh, but yeah, so DH, uh, as our last position, I'd really like him to take Shin Su Chu from the Rangers and just, you know, say like, hey, we're just going to steal all the good guys off your team. You don't have a shot at the playoffs. Just, you know, you're not, you're never going to beat the Astros. We love you guys. Thanks for giving us all these guys, but give us Shin Su Chu. And I think that's like a perfect DH for the A's. So you just kind of want to go over there and just like kidnap Sinsu <laughs> Chu. Um, it'll be totally mutual. He'll he'll love Oakland. I think Sinsu Chu will love Oakland. I don't know that for sure, but I think who doesn't love Oakland, right? He's got a lot. I mean, who does? Well, you know what? I'll leave that up to Sinsu Chu. But it's more likely everyone everyone the big rumor is that they're going to bring back Suspedis. And that's $1.5 million for a year. So this isn't that great. And that would be a very... I mean, if you just need him to DH and if he um, he's a bounce back candidate and <laughs> if he comes back and he... Is he though? It's like... That's the struggle is he ditched the Mets like a freaking... Well, the thing is, if, if, he, if, if you sign him cheap, if he wants to come back and try to prove himself, sign him cheap. If he has a bounce back year, gravy. If he either starts acting shady or just isn't performing, then you just cut him. That's the problem, though, is I know Sin Chu would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, but the problem is he's under contract with another team. Yeah, well, that's where they <laughs> need to open up their freaking butts. I mean, yeah. their wallets. <laughs> um, yeah, so over here, you know, I think uh, the main thing uh, would be getting a little more rotation uh, back up. I know Farhan had a, a conference call with some of the beat writers a few uh i think it was late last week he even said they're still kind of scouring the starting pitching market because i mean you got cueto gossman wood descalfini and then like webb logan webb i guess would be the five starter you know a lot of those guys cueto hasn't really been the same since he had tommy john um you know a couple you know none of these guys are like proven solid you know they've had some injury issues too so you need to have a few more preferably at least another lefty in case wood goes down or you just decide to have two lefties in the rotation um but you know still you know if you're keeping an eye on the wire farhan's still doing his thing where he's just kind of incrementally upgrading if there's a guy who's just a hair better he's you know releasing a guy picking up a guy that's you know on waivers or released or free agent so i could see them picking up pretty much anything at this point but i think their main focus will be the the rotation there which uh you know uh, so like uh, like we talked about earlier we got pitchers and catchers reporting tomorrow by tomorrow uh full squads i think for both are they're all going to be in camp by monday so um any any young guys in camp that uh, the A's invited that you're interested in seeing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think Kai Tom um, is actually going to do uh, very well. That's my that's my A's prediction. Um, cross my fingers. Kai Tom becomes our our lefty at the plate um, that kind of shows shows off a little bit. Um, A's moved Jonah Heim in that last. Uh, a uh, little move with the Rangers. Um, I think he'll do very well over there. He was a really great backup, and he did great in the playoffs. But um, Seth, uh, Seth, uh, Sean Mur- Murphy, sorry, um, is obviously just been the uh, all-star at the plate. He's going to be there all season long. And then I think moving Garcia over and Austin Allen, um, Garcia, Giants fans will know that name, uh, 
I think that moving those guys over, it's it, it. Austin Allen's a fantastic backup lefty hitter. Uh, Sean Murphy crushed it. Uh, we're just not slacking in the catcher department. It's sad to see Joan Heim go. Um, I'm just talking about these, you know, young guys that that you wish could stay around. But we've got uh, Deachman. Um, I, I, I just tweeted him today to see if it was pronounced the same as Jake Deachman, the uh, pitcher for the A's. It's the D. D, Greg Deachman, Deachman. Anyway. Did he get back to you? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, oh, man. Anyway, so and then the one last one is Sky Bolt. I really hope he does well, and I hope he comes around. He had to delete his Twitter account this year. I, I, I hope he makes it just because <laughs> of the name. He's got a great name, but he he had a, a tweet where he uh, he had a little statement about rooting and lying and looting and rioting that I don't think flies very well over here in Oakland. It certainly doesn't match with my opinions on things, but uh, he had to delete his Twitter account. So I just recommend this for any new Oakland A's roster invitees. If you're on Twitter, uh, just always good to keep it to sports, but (laughs) if you're, uh, unless you're use a line with Oakland, then, you know, feel free to have fun. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, kind of se- earlier for the, for the Giants side, you know, earlier I kind of talked about the in Farhan we trust kind of incrementally upgrading. And I think, you know, the the roster with the contracts and stuff he inherited, he kind of had to start building from the minor leagues up. And, you know, they had a, a bottom of the barrel minor league system when he took over. Now they have most places rank them around the top 10, uh, some in the top 10, some near the top 10. Uh, which is huge, uh, especially once these bigger contracts are off the books and you can kind of go out and do some damage with the, the checkbook too. So the the Giants have, they invited 13 non-roster invitees. Uh, three of them are, uh, like, it's, there's so many different ratings. Uh, three three of the guys are on the, the top 100 MLB pipeline. We got uh, Luciano. The uh, I mean, he's number 16 on the pipeline. I've seen some people rank him in the top 10 prospects in baseball. Gosh, I wonder what Made... his nickname's going to be. <laughs> uh, and then we got Hunter Bishop and, and Elio Ramos in the uh, outfield. And, uh, you know, some of the, you know, hopefully all these guys, you know, hit their projections. But, you know, if you can get just, you know, half of these guys to, to, play as well as they're projected and then you can you know supplement that with some free agent moves you know the giants will be looking good soon so you know uh, also you know tristan beck who they got in the uh the melanson deal will be in camp sean jelly who uh is, you know another highly rated prospect patrick bailey uh their their number one pick uh the other the catcher the uh with bart he'll be in camp you know, so it'll be good to see, you know, and I think camp will be huge for a lot of these guys because they didn't really get a season last year. They were kind of playing each other all year in Sacramento. So it'll be good for these guys to kind of have a change of pace and then hopefully, you know, make some steps. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see just baseball wide how having no minor league system or no minor league season last year kind of affects how some of these guys progress and if it'll slow them down or not. Um the only the one guy I'm surprised won't be there is Seth Corey. He's uh, another guy who's like right around the fringe top 100 uh, prospects, and he did not get uh, an invite to spring. Um, I think he's actually might be recovering from an injury. Don't quote me on that, but uh, maybe you know. But 
you know, the, the future is bright for the giants. They just have to kind of get through these, these uh, tough times uh, <laughs> getting smacked around by the, the Dodgers and the Padres who uh, I think are two of the, the two best teams in the national league. Um, so yeah, it'll be good to see how those guys do. And then, you know, as far as the, the established guys in camp, it'll be interesting to see how the, you know, I think that outfield, you at least got a couple of spots short of, you know, Yaz isn't going to go anywhere. The other two are kind of platoons. You'll have, you know, Dickerson and, and Slater. Uh, and you'll have, um, you know, Ruff out there with uh, maybe Lamont Wade Jr., if you will. So, you know, it'll be interesting there. And then the, the infield's crowded, especially with no DH this year. You've got to, you know, a lot of big league bats in that infield. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how Gabe Kapler, you know, puts the lineup together day in and day out. But um, the, that's, those are the guys I'm looking forward to in, in the spring and kind of the battles. Um, and are there any spots up for grab for the A's or is it pretty much, they know who's going to be their starting lineup. Yeah. I think second base, you know, that'll, that'll, that'll be the switch around as you see machine uh, Kemp and uh and Pinder just kind of just moving around the field. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see what they do with the outfield. You know, we know Luriano is their, you know, best center fielder, but, and Cano, you know, can obviously be out there. Uh, but, you know, what happens with Sky Bolt and Kai Tom? We love the names, you know, right? You know, uh, Kai, actually, Kai Tom's uh, nickname is Blaze. Is is that some something rotating through there? So we'd have a Blaze, a Sky, Blaze and Bolt, and a Laser. Um, so Marjorie Taylor Green or lots conspiracy theories. Sounds like you guys have. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you guys have the uh, cast from American Gladiators. American Gladiator <laughs> from when we were Bolt. kids. Yeah. Laser, blazer. <laughs> yeah, no. So you know that, that interesting. What you're talking about, DH. I thought uh, that that actually brings up a uh, good point. I was hoping to uh, ask you guys, and hopefully, you guys tweet at us. Uh, you know, if you if you listen to this episode, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, but we have. Uh, I, I posed a question to Tyler before the podcast. If you could have kept one of the we're talking about the big five rules that they added last year during the pandemic. And, you know, uh, if I could, you know, take any idea that Rob Manfred and MLB come up with, um, I'd probably shoot them all down. But if you had to pick one, pick one evil rule that they created last year, uh, the big five would be universal defense or using universal designated hitter. Would you keep the three batter minimum for pitchers? Would you keep the seven innings on a double header? Would you keep the expanded postseason, or would you keep the runner on second base? Uh, I'm going to add a sixth one, but it's not really a rule, but it's just something that happened because of the pandemic uh, that I hope does not become a thing. If it does, it'll be a travesty. But the neutral site playoffs. Ah, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I feel like for baseball really quick before we get to picking one of the big five, because this isn't really a rule. It's just kind of like a layout kind of thing. If you follow a team for 162 games and four rounds, you know, depending on if they're a wild card team or not, three rounds of the playoffs. And then all of a sudden they're like, all right, guys, uh, you know, thanks for following us all year. We're going to go to Texas to play the World Series. Hope you have, you know, two grand for airfare and 1500 for hotel. And then the tickets are going to be even more astronomical. Like you're just, you're, you're taking the fans who follow these teams and you're just kind of giving them the finger 
in a way. So got to keep, you know, if, it, if they have to do it this year again for the pandemic, you know, so be it, but got to keep the world series. You know, imagine part of the fun is just the, the atmosphere of a playoff game. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to go to a few, some weren't even giants playoff games and just the, the atmosphere is awesome. So I hope they don't mess with that at all. But uh, sorry, Cliff, kind of hijacked that. No, there, no, but... I think that's I, I agree, and I would say that 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 is kind of a BS thing. I, I'm just imagining if you know, it, it's clearly we're not talking about people that believe that sports fit a narrative. But you know, if Oakland were ever to go a little bit further in the playoffs and bring that kind of attention into Oakland, I think that that's something that Oakland, you know, in the way that Oakland is going, it, that's what Oakland needs or wants. You want tourists coming in. You want people to see, here's where the new A's site would be. Here's the Coliseum. This has been around since 1960. This is the oldest combination of football. <laughs> you know, yeah, history. and that's a good point for, for teams like the A's or like maybe the Rays or exactly. if like the Pirates ever became if the Pirates ever became a, a playoff team soon. You know, like they don't draw a lot during the regular season. So when they finally get to the point where, you know, they're in the playoffs, they're going to start drawing, you know, tons of people and you give those you give that attendance to some city that doesn't even care about them absolutely you know well, and you know and like and i get like the arlington texas thing that's the funny part to me is like look at the look at the <laughs> look at the rangers they just traded you know their old the face of their franchise they're maybe looking to rebuild but like we're having an arlington because they built a new stadium i think it just really shows that the mlb is kind of short-sighted on we're looking for the immediate gratification, the year-to-year bottom line. We want to go. That's basically the the Rob Manfred way. That, that is, and it is the wrong Manfred way. Oh, <laughs> wrong Manfred! There he is. zing. So anyway, no neutral sites, please. But anyway, so Clay, one of the big five. You had to, if you had to keep one, which one would you? So keep? I, I honestly, I, I was say this to Tyler. I think it's the biggest beef that's been around for the last twenty years universal designated hitter why does one why can you have one and not the other either you take it away or you keep it and i realize that's not me taking a side on the other on you know i'm kind of being iffy on either you have a universal designated hitter you don't it changes well we know they're not gonna get rid of the dh in the american league so that leads us to the universal DH. so and and that's the thing so the dodgers should have won more games but then that makes me wonder you know obviously the dodgers suck that much that they couldn't <laughs> profit over <laughs> over profit over playoffs or you know whatever they you know effed up with that but you know it's that kind of essence of if we equal we either level the playing field or we don't you know and and that's that's the big deal with baseball right now and we're talking about you know we'll probably talk about this later in the season how money and rosters affect you know, how the fans show up to the games, obviously, you know, like I'm saying, losing Semyon uh, is a big loss for A's fans just because they love Semyon. It's not about how well he did last year. It's about having that name value and whether you're keeping your professional sport. If, you know, if you're a team that just constantly trades all your stars, what's the value of the fans going to the field? Just like in the playoffs, if I'm not going to go see it in my home stadium, this isn't the NFL. I don't get eight games a year that I can go see. You know, it's like, oh, I can only see eight home games, so I'm going to go to the Super Bowl. It's I've got 80 games here, and I want to see them come home to take that trophy home. And I'd love to see them win at home or win at their stadium and bring it home, and we can have a big parade of how cool that was. Yeah. But anyway. 
So you're taking the DH. So I'm going to start off by saying I would not keep any of these rules because I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> but if I had I to pick one, so D, so DH. I'm gonna, I'm gonna first. I'm gonna shoot down the four that I think are the greater evils, and then I'll I'll land at the the least of the evils uh, with the one I would keep if I had to. DH. You know, I'm a Giants fan. Grew up watching National League ball. I think you should bring a glove and a bat to the stadium to to be a professional baseball player. Uh, little strategy wrinkle with it too. So not a fan of the DH. Uh, three batter minimum. I feel like if you're going to tell the defensive manager that they're stuck with a pitcher for three batters, you should lock. If you bring in a reliever, then the three batters are locked in the next three batters. You can't pinch hit, you know, because allowing an offensive manager to start moving around when the defensive manager is locked in, that just doesn't seem right to me. Um, also a manager, I just feel like should be able to use their roster to the, whatever they think is the best way to, for them to win ball games. Uh, seven inning double header. I think, you know, you're hopefully this is another one that's just for the pandemic. Uh, partially because double headers don't happen that often when we're not getting COVID delays and stuff like that. But seven inning double headers, I feel like you're shortening, shortening the length of games. Baseball is built on numbers and, and records. And if you're taking away at bats from guys or just kind of toying with how long seasons are, whether that's game numbers or inning numbers. And I agree with that a ton. I mean, that, that could not have worked out more poorly for the athletics in this postseason. I mean, it, and you, you could take that as a criticism to Bob Melvin, but maybe he's just playing the game like he knows how to play it. Is that he wasn't, you know, you got to, tr- once you turn to a seven inning game, your fifth inning is your seventh inning. You've totally changed yeah. how you need to end this game. Because we know in the last two innings where we need to be and to say like, well, I might as well keep my starter in. And that's for like the A's, you know, it's like you got to keep your starter in because you're, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're scraping, a, you're scraping a little bit. So it's like, you know, I can't just yeah. like throw this guy in. You know, I can't have Liam Hendricks pitch every single, I can't have him close every single game. And so I've got a seven inning game here. I need Montes to close this out. I need Bassett to to do you know do what he always does you know so you have Bassett but then you've got somebody like Montes you got somebody like Luzardo who falls around you know you know seventy to eighty pitches that's where they start to go down and and so to not you're you're taking away from teams that need to scrape the bottom you're you're really screwing them over with a seven inning game yeah um yeah so not a fan of that runner on second. Don't like that either. I mean, it, it just seems gimmicky. Uh, you know, that I feel like if you want to, I guess you can do, you know, maybe after 12 innings, you go this route or something. I also don't even really know how it shortens the game if it gives both teams the same That's advantage. Really if you, you know, if both teams start with a runner on second, I mean, both teams still have the same likeliness to score. It's likely that both teams will score one run and then we go to the 11th inning. Um, and also, just like the – I know it's not super likely to happen, but anytime you could lose a ball game without even giving up a base runner, like that just is garbage to me. You could give up two grounders you know, or a, a grounder and a fly ball and then a strikeout, you know, three unproductive – Did, out, did or they talk about how that goes to the pitcher at all? Like is that – you know, it's like the – It doesn't count as an earned run. The the first, first runner on second count doesn't count as an earned is, run against so their – you don't earn the run as the guy on second. But you could, take, you could take the loss. You could give up – you could get three outs and take the loss. So get that it's, garbage it's out of here too. Yeah, Wrong man, Fred. 
Um, yeah, so I guess that leaves me with, I'll go with the expanded playoff. I guess, you know, if I had to pick one of the, I, I just feel like half the league shouldn't be in the playoffs. It kind of, <laughs> you know, dilutes the playoffs, but I mean, if it keeps half the fan bases in baseball engaged and interested, I'll, I'll take that one if I had to pick one. So they all suck, Rob Manfred, but if I had to, I'll take the expanded and, playoffs. You know, if you think about with the pandemic, that's the only way for these te- a lot of these teams to make money right now is the expanded playoffs. So if we're looking at another season with no butts in the seats, then, yeah, we're looking at another expanded playoffs, and that's smart. I mean, yeah, so I see where you're at. Smart, like smart. I said, all these, I, I hope all these are temporary for the pandemic. I mean, I think, you know, the Universal DH is going to be here regardless. So we're we're going to have that after the next CBA. I think the three batter minimum was going to be a rule before the pandemic hit anyway. So I guess we're stuck with those two, but hopefully, you know, the the doubleheader rule, the runner on second rule, the neutral site and expanded playoffs. Well, you know, hopefully by 2022, they're all things we'll tell our kids about one day that happen. I will, I will throw this out with the universal DH as the, uh, yeah, exactly. I hope this is in the past. Yeah. So we, some tell, tell her, tell Hunter about later, be like, remember you were born in a pandemic and life was really hard when you were very tiny. <laughs> no, you don't. Yep. <laughs> no, so I, yeah, I agree. The, the expanded, uh, uh, you know, the, oh, yeah, we can put it on the fall behind us, expanded postseason. Hopefully it works out. Um, but yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta make money somehow, and that's that's what I'd like to see. So we hope this year that um, if you guys are listening, you keep listening to us and and really promote this rivalry. Whether you're an A's fan or you're a Giants fan, uh, that, that you enjoy this podcast, and please send us suggestions or questions um, if you want us to answer them on the episode. Uh, but please, you know, just just involve yourself in Bay Area sports, whether or not you can go to the stadium. Uh, we we hope you just enjoy baseball in general and. Uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, part of the reason we wanted to start a podcast talking about both teams is, you know, the, the Bay Area baseball scene is better with both teams. And so hopefully, you know, even if you're not an A's fan or not a Giants fan, you enjoy the podcast, you learn a little bit about the team across the Bay that you only see a couple times a year, uh, possibly. And, you know, just kind of take some interest, learn some more about uh, the whole Bay Area uh, baseball. Yeah, that's scene. right. That's right. Go, go Warriors, go Quakes go 49ers go giants and go oakland athletics and go whatever sports team you know let's go kings and go do we include the kings on this i kind of like the i don't know i feel like i feel like they're left out as a northern california team they're just out there in the middle of the desert (laughs) sacramento's not the desert i I I thought i wanted to uh, And uh, last but not least, go Bay Bay go, Baseball. Okay. Go Bay Bay Baseball. And, and uh, as always, thank you to our good friend, Hurricane Chris. Muito, Muito obrigado. Obrigado, y'all. Thank you very much.